0: Welcome to House of Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this past Sunday. For more information about other messages or events at House of Hope, visit www.ihope.today. All right, we're going to read a lot of Bible today too, so just so you know. Um, mine's the NIV if you're going to follow along. Oh, I know. Sorry. How are you guys? Good. I'm nervous. It's okay though. I'll try to not talk really fast. <laughs> uh, so um, we had a a really fun past week. We went out trick or treating. Um, we sinner, yeah. We are the Christians that trick or treat. Freedom. Okay. So Ella at the first few doors. She she kept being like i'm shy i'm shy and she would she's trying to hold my hand and i'm like Who told you you were shy? And I'm, like you're brave ellie you're brave <laughs> And the next breath she yells. I was like i'm brave <laughs> I'm, like, okay And so then she started to actually go and knock on the doors by herself And she would yell trick-or-treat a little louder each time and I was like, wow i'm so impressed um, so sometimes it just takes a little bit of encouragement and some realigning to realize what we're made of. Yeah. yeah. So did anyone in here ever have uh, growing pains or we'll just call them process pains, right? <laughs> so right now we're currently, Brian and I are in this season of toddlers and mayhem and all of that fun stuff. So we are about to switch Mikhail from his crib to a floor bed. And so that comes with its own set of, like, preparation. You got to get your head in the game and be like, okay, how are we going to do this? Because he's going to really want to explore his newfound freedom, right? Like, he's going to want to get up out of bed when we tell him to go to bed. So we're like, okay, we got to get the extra baby gate ready so we can just lock him in. (laughs) But the thing is, is that this new bed has actually been sitting in our house for probably two or three weeks. Because who wants to put together a piece of Ikea furniture, nobody (laughs) right like those aren't fun april you are hired you want to come over she just raised her hand (laughs) oh anyway i'm just going to share a couple couple stories with you guys first but um some of you know that i've moved into a new role at my job it's been about six months now um and i'm really starting to feel some growing pains with it um You know, like, I'm I'm feeling the draw of wanting to kind of go back to where I was before, where it was comfortable, I knew exactly what I was doing, I was an expert, you know, I could just kind of fade away into the background if I wanted to. Um, Now everything needs work. Everything needs answers. And I'm supposed to know all the answers. So, um, every day I'm like, God, you got to come with me to work today. Like I just, I bless the work of my hands today. I'm going to need you to show me what to do. Holy spirit. (laughs) So yeah, that's kind of been my daily process of working, working this out. Um, so in a, in a little less than two months from now, it's going to be new years, right? We're all going to be setting our new year's resolutions. The new diet, the new exercise regime—you know all the things we didn't do last year. We're going to do them this year. You know we're going to be really uh, setting our goals, and it's it's that season where we actually um, sit back and reflect on what life is going to be for the next the next twelve months. So, with that, we're actually going to take a look at uh, King Saul and David. And so you're going to need your Bibles. Who has their Bibles? Or their phone Bible. Do we bring our Bibles to church? Yes. Nice work. <laughs> um, oh, look. But yours is the Passion, so it'll be a little tough to follow along. Sorry. I, I do love the Passion. I just don't have one. It's my birthday next week. <laughs> uh, okay. What are we reading? First uh, Samuel 15. Um, verse 1. I got to get there. So this is, we're going to talk about where uh, the Lord rejects Saul as king. So Samuel said to Saul, I am the one the Lord sent to anoint you king over his people Israel. So listen now to the message from the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I will punish the Amalekites for what they did to Israel when they waylaid them as they came up from Egypt. Now go attack the Amalekites and totally destroy everything that belongs to them. Do not spare them. Put to death men and women, children and infants, cattle and sheep, camels and donkeys. Okay, we're going to fast forward up to uh, verse 9. But Paul and the army spared... Sorry, not Paul. We're not talking about Paul. Nobody caught that. I did. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So... But Saul and the army spared Agag and the best of the sheep and cattle, the fat calves and the lambs. Everything that was good, these they were unwilling to destroy completely. But everything that was despised and weak, they totally destroyed. Um, so there's a little bit of disobedience here. Is what's happening. Um, so God goes to Samuel. Samuel, he is the prophet of the day. Um, so, um, sorry, I've got to see here what I'm saying. Um, So God tells Samuel that he's grieved with Saul, and he's rejecting him as king. Now, Samuel has to go have this conversation with Saul. Um, And then after Samuel confronts Saul, Saul ends up changing his story, right? Because before it was, I'm keeping the best of everything, and now it's, well, I was afraid of the people, and so we didn't do that. Um, And he gave in to them. And that's in verse fifteen twenty four. Uh, then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. I violated the Lord's command and your instructions. I was afraid of the people, and so I gave in to them. Now I beg you, forgive my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. So I find it really interesting how Samuel changes his story from they save the best for the Lord to actually a story of fear where he was afraid of the people. And then Samuel says to Saul, um, he says to obey is better than sacrifice. And because he rejected the word of the Lord, the Lord has rejected him as king. So that's just a little bit of a backstory for you. Um, In 1 Samuel 16, this is where we're going to get into the meat of it. Saul anoints David. Okay, so we're going to look at verses... 1 through 13. The Lord said to Samuel... um, Are you guys there? Samuel 16, 1 through 13. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, How can I go? Saul will hear about it and kill me. The Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. I just want to pause there for a second. And do you notice how God didn't really answer his whole I'm afraid to go because he's going to kill me. He was just like, no, this is what you're going to do. And Samuel went. He didn't allow fear to stop him. So Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, do you come in peace? Samuel replied, yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. I swear this is like, (laughs) trying to get your tongue twisted here. And had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then said to Shammah, pass by. But Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered, but he is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent and put and had him brought in. He was ready. Is it ready or ready? He was ready with a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint. He is the one. So David was 30 years old when he became king. He was the youngest of eight sons. Uh, I looked up when he was actually anointed that day, and it's estimated that his commissioning was around when he was between 10 to 15 years old. So during that time, in these, say, 10 or 15 to 20 years, he ends up in Saul's service. He's got to play the harp to drive out the evil spirits from him. He defeats Goliath in the war with the Philistines. He becomes best friends with Saul's son, Jonathan. He leads troops in their campaign. Saul tries to kill him a few times. He tries to not kill Saul a few times. He spares his life. And so, you know, it's, it's an eventful few years, right? And this is a long process. Could you imagine knowing that you're going to be king? But there's 15 years in between that day. Do you think that would ever make him wonder, God, did did you really mean what you said? Did that really happen? You know, are you really going to make me king? God chose David because of his heart. Samuel's choice was Elia because he looked big and strong, right? So surely he thought he was the guy, but God tells Samuel not to look at outward appearances. I haven't personally experienced instant miracles with God. Um, Mostly, we're on a process level. (laughs) But um, I think that's just because he knows I have stuff to work out, and uh, he cares more about my heart than my position. Um, So on the way to church last week, (laughs) who here has ever had a pity party? know? <laughs> so I was having a pity party, like my birthday is coming up. And so, yeah, I was having a bit of a reflection, like, can I have a midlife crisis before a midlife crisis? Is that, can that happen? I think that's a thing. <laughs> um, you know, I was feeling like, you know, I'm really happy with our family life and our kids and, and my job is going great and this church family. So, but I'm like, but there's this Um, there's this one dream and it hasn't come true and you know, maybe I'm too old now. I'm just too old It's not gonna happen. So I should probably just give up on that and whatever, you know, like So brian had to give me this like verbal slap (laughs) Like, you know to get me out of it. Um, and it helped it was good (laughs) He's like just stop it And so we came we came to church and during worship that morning I was talking to god about it and he reminded me of King David. And that he was anointed when he was a young boy. And that he actually had to wait. And he had this long process before he actually got to be a king in, in the castle. And so um, that was really encouraging to my heart. It, it brought hope back. Because it's, it's easy in the process to lose hope over time, right? Um, so it's great how God does that when we're struggling because, you know, obviously he hasn't give up, given up on his word, right? His word doesn't return void. Uh, so I I, had to, uh, I also had to repent about being a victim to time. You ever had that victim mentality, right? Where it's like, I don't have enough time in a day, I have so much stuff to do. How am I supposed to get everything done? I'm getting older. This can't happen anymore. So, um, yeah, I just, I really felt the Holy Spirit highlight that to me. And I just had to be like, you know what, God, I'm really sorry for, for allowing myself to feel like a victim. Um, because time is not my keeper. God is. Right? <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad I brought my cheerleading bench. <laughs> Biggest fan. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, no. Happy <laughs> in the back. That's right. <laughs> okay. Uh, switching gears. In First Samuel 10, I'm not going to read that one, uh, but in bitterness of soul, Hannah cried out to God for a child. Can you imagine that? In bitterness of soul. Like she cried out. The priest actually thought she was drunk when she was praying because she was just moving her lips. She had to explain herself. (laughs) Um, But and then back in Genesis 18, 9, God tells Abraham and Sarah they're going to have a son. And she's all, what, after I'm worn and old? But God answers both of them. Uh, They both get a son. And actually Samuel is Hannah's son, the prophet I was talking about earlier. Um, He gave them their yes. And we're all called to prayerfully meditate on God's promises and not to make them happen by ourselves. But in the same breath, I want to say that we're not called to sit and wait for another prophetic word before we get up and start doing something. Yeah, see, Jeff was preaching my message. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so I want to look at Psalm 77. We are going to read this one. I can find it. Do any of you do that? You just like close your Bible and try to open it right in the middle when you're trying to find a psalm. How are you guys doing? Okay. Okay. All right. Psalm seventy-seven. I think this was written by David. I tried to find out. Do you guys know? Well, I know, but it was questionable. Okay. Okay. Uh, I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me when I was in distress. I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands, and my soul refused to be comforted. I remembered you, O God, and I groaned. I mused, and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing, and I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my sons in the night. My heart mused, and my spirit inquired. Will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? (laughs) Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Are you encouraged yet? (laughs) Just seeing if you're listening. (laughs) Okay. Then I thought to this, I will appeal. The years of the right hand of the Most High, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will meditate on all your works. And consider all your mighty deeds. Your ways, O oh God, are holy. What God is so great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. I'm just going to stop there. So the guy sounds hopeless, right? Um, but then he chooses to remember the deeds of the Lord to recount the days of old. So when you're in your hallway from door to door, You have to recount your days of old, right? Like, I can sit here and recount that in waiting for my promise. Um, You know, God gave Brian and I two beautiful children after a miscarriage. We have a restored marriage after we both came from divorce. You know, and our marriage is full of love and God. Um, He gave us this amazing home that's kind of like a promised land because we actually had to go in, take it, tear it up, rip it out, and fix it. (laughs) (laughs) right? Um, It was an overhaul. You know, we have a church family that we can be real with. We don't actually have to pretend to be religious and, oh, I'm great today. How are you? God bless you. Right? So all of these things I find as blessings in my life, and I can recount these as testimonies of God's hand and promises answered where he's been the restorer. Um, So I know that I can still trust in his promises and prophetic words that I've had from childhood that there will be um, answers. I was listening to a podcast this past week. Um, I think it, it was actually Sean Bowles with... Um, I forget the guy's name, but he co-wrote the Heaven and Business... or Honor and Business. Mike has Has him? Anyway, it was him. Uh, and he was sharing this testimony about going into a business deal, and God told him not to speak. And he was saying that he actually speaks at every business deal. And so it was really... You know, hard for him to go in. He's like, okay, God. Uh, so actually, and then when I was listening to that, I was reminded of Jericho and how the people were told not to speak for seven days. Zachariah's voice was taken, so he couldn't speak. Um, sometimes we have to be silent in order to allow the fulfillment of God's promises, in order to let him be supernatural and come through for us, in order for him to get the glory. And so our relationship with him deepens so it's these moments of faith and obedience that the God, after our heart, embraces the love between us. Um, because that's actually what matters. Uh, you know, in the same way as parents, our family, our friends can speak into our lives, just like I did with Ella, and reminding her that she was brave and not shy, um, that changed the course of our night. And for her to know, I'm brave. Uh, He knows what's going to happen. Uh, We know that he can be trusted because we can believe in who he is as God. You know, whether we're crying out of bitterness of soul, waiting years in process for fulfillment, or being silent for the outcome, there's always a delivery date. Uh, And it takes humility to know that I don't have all the answers. Uh, The apostles were always growing and maturing they didn't always make the right decisions along the way but jesus didn't turn his back on them um, when we're friends of jesus we can hear what he's saying and follow that voice so that our hearts align growing pains and process pains are part of the journey we all know romans twelve twenty two. who knows it off the top of your head just kidding i'll read it <laughs> do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Um, I was reading the book, uh, The World of Flame, and I'm just going to finish with uh, something from that. Um, The point is our renewed minds are not in conflict with the Holy Spirit. The Lord did not lead the apostles around by the hand he sent them. They made many of their own decisions because they had his mind. But because they were always growing and maturing, they did not always make the right decisions. At times, the Lord would correct their course with an intervention of divine guidance through a dream, vision, or prophet. We must labor with the supernatural wisdom that has been given to us, but always be open for the Lord to intervene and change our plans. Yeah. So, that's all that I have. Uh, but we should pray. So let's do that. Let's stand. Yeah, thank you, God. Let's just put our hands out to receive. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for what you have deposited this morning. I thank you that process and growing pains, um, that they happen but that you're with us. And that we can trust in you and in your name and in your timing that we're no longer victims because of your name, because of your great power, we can trust in you. I just thank you for the promises that you've placed in everybody's heart, that you have a plan and a purpose for everyone. And I just breathe life on that. I just declare life into promises that people in here have had since childhood, and I just say come forth in Jesus' name. Yeah, I just thank you, God, for just blowing through this place right now. Yeah, I just pray that you seal the word on everyone's hearts. Yeah, and that they would search after you, that they would go after you deeper. Thank you, God. Amen. All right, Kathy can come up with the team. We've got ministry, a ministry team that can come up and pray with you. If anybody's looking for prayer, a word, extra encouragement, these guys are here. Yeah. Thanks for listening to our Sermon of the Week. Our desire is that you will be changed by the love of the Father and the power of his presence. For more information about House of Hope, visit us at www.ihope.today.